Man, good morning. Second service, you're looking good, you're looking good. And it's wonderful, starting to see some visitors. We want to welcome uh, those of you who are joining us overseas, all, all across the United States uh, via the internet. Uh, we have people in Dubai. Uh, Miss Ruth is in Scotland watching us right now, which is four o'clock in the afternoon. And we just want to say hello and welcome. Well, I have one of my grandchildren, and I had the blessing that they live in the mother-in-law's apartment next to me, is little Mark. And little Mark loves Christmas. My son, he couldn't care less. So it's just the humor of God. He gives him a son who wants to decorate the tree every night. And, <clears throat> but Mark, we got him a little wind-up thing and says, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And he sings it. And, we, and he goes, it was, he goes, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And he misunderstood. And uh, he says, and a happy all year. I like his. <laughs> Let that be a prophetic word to everyone in here. You're not going to get a new year. You're going to get an all year. A good all year. Amen. Well, I don't think I need to really... Um, introduce this person who's about to come up. His name is Tim Tebow. He was on Harry Connicket Jr.'s show. Tim Tebow won the Heisman Trophy. He won national championship. Uh, and a couple years ago, he played for the Denver Broncos. And I was at the game. I want to ask you about one part of the book. When you talk about on your eye black, when you wrote 316 yeah. in the Bible, can you tell the people about the uncanny coincidence that happened in a press conference a few years later? Yeah, well, we were playing for the national championship um, in college on January 8, 2009, and I decided to wear John 316 under my eyes, and during the game, uh, 94 million people Googled John 316, and it was a pretty cool moment. Well, exactly three years later, we happened to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the playoffs when I was with the Denver Broncos, and I didn't even know that it was exactly three years later. It was ja uh, January 12th or January 8, 2012, exactly three years later to the day. I just went out there and tried to do whatever I could to win a playoff game. And afterwards, I'm going into the press conference because I love talking to the media. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our PR guy jumps in front of me, says, Timmy, did you realize what happened? I was like, yeah, we just beat the Steelers. We're going to play the Patriots. He was like, no, did you realize what happened? I was like, all right, Patrick, what's up? He said, it's exactly three years later from the day that you wore John 316 in your eyes. I was like, oh, that's really cool. He said, no, I don't think you realize what happened. During the game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per rush were 3.16. Your yards per completion were 31.6. The ratings for the game were 31.6. And the time of possession was 31.6. And during the game, 90 million people had already Googled John 3.16, and it was the number one trending thing on Facebook and Twitter. And a lot of people will say, it's coincidence. I say, big God. And that's what I'm titling the message today. Really, it's, it's, it goes in between. This is the first Christmas story. We're going to talk about the first Christmas story that I see in the Bible. But the title is Coincidence. Or I say a big God. Because you can look at these stories 
And you go, well, that's a coincidence. Maybe I never heard this. You may not have heard this Christmas story. I'm just going to ask that you stick with me. But there's a power and a purpose for Christmas. It's not just, you know, reindeers and all this. And people can get off going, oh, that's so sacrilegious. You know, let me tell you. We are, at the end of the day, we celebrate the birth of Christ. But most of us have not truly labeled or discovered what I consider the first Christmas story in the Bible. And this may come to a surprise to you, but we're going to find it in the first book in the first chapter of the Bible. Let's start there. It says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image. In our image. Now, you now, this is going to be a story because I don't have a single point to put up because it's a story, right? And stories need to be surprising, and we're going to describe the setting and what's going on over here. And that's what I'm going to do. In the, in the beginning here, God said, and look at it, it says, and God said, let us. Who's he talking to? The other part of the Godhead. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're one. And God says, let us, and you, I don't care what version, some people are thinking, I'm going to look that up in my Bible. It's going to be there. Let us. Coincidence? I say big God. Let us make mankind in our image. Now, we have to have to understand, we look at God's creation. When God created the angels, when he created the earth, he did some very special things in his creation. Let's just take a look at the angels. When he created angels, he created a set of angels that their body is to help them in what their mission was to do. For instance, those that, that fly around him in heaven and they shout, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The radiance of God is so brilliant that those angels have six wings. They're not just the normal two-winged angel. They're the six-winged angel. And the reason is, is there's such brilliance and such holiness. Two wings were to cover, were to cover their feet. Two wings were to cover their eyes two wings were to fly with. It was so bright. When the archangel Lucifer, who was in charge of all worship at the throne, said his body was made of instruments that whenever he moved, it made music to worship the Lord. There are recording angels, as you see in Malachi, that record everything that we say that's good. And so, all through the angels. And then you have angels that are just messengers. And they have human-looking bo bodies so that they can come and talk to man without causing too much fear. So you have warring angels. So God created everything for a pur you know, the purpose that it was going to serve. And so now he goes, let us, Jesus, Holy Spirit, let us make God in our image. You have to ask why his image, or excuse me, their image? Well, it goes on. It says, in our likeness so that they may rule. 
Rule where? Rule on earth. Rule the animals. It made it very clear what they're going to rule. They're going to subdue the earth. We were made to rule on earth. And there's, there's a, a couple things that, that God said about this. He goes, you know, we need to appreciate that our design was to rule on earth, to make decisions. When God created us, he's saying, he goes, listen, I've made you for this job. There's just a couple things that I'm going to need you to do so that you can protect this position that I've made you for. You're, you're going to have to hold to them. Just really, really one rule. And and this is one of the reasons why God sometimes, you know, seems so distant. It's because he did not make us so that he can sit, we could just sit under his, you know, rule. He goes, no, and when it comes to the earth, when it comes to the dirt, you rule. You were made in my image because you were to rule. Wow, that seems pretty clear. Now, there were two commands that God gave Adam. Everyone goes, oh, we told, there was only one thing. There's a few misnomers about the story. He was going, well, God, we only had to do one. We just had to not do one thing, and that was don't eat of the fruit. You know, how did the apple get such a bad? Everyone says it, you know, it goes, oh, God gave him an apple. I love apples. You know, it wasn't an apple. It, 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 who knows what it was? But it always, apples get a bad rap. Who loves apples? I love apples. I'm sorry, Apple. Um, so he gave him two commands. God gave Adam two commands, but we only focus on one. And so did Adam. So did Eve. What was it they focused on? It says, and the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat of any tree in the garden. Is that a command? It's a command. But something happened, and it still happens to this day. It still happens to this day. We just did a whole month, a series on thankfulness. Wow. We've eliminated this apart from the story that we know. Instead of going, going man, we can eat from every apple out here. I mean, not apple, every fruit out here. I did it myself. We can eat every orange, every pomegranate. We can eat every fruit. And said, so he goes, he created every fruit to be eaten. First command. Second command. But there's a tree in the center of the garden. Do not eat from that because when you do, you will know good and evil. And you will certainly die. Now, when I say certainly die, we're talking about big picture. Said, when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay, big picture, you will certainly die. And I want you to know that God gives us big pictures. It's too bad that when people look at some things, they look in the little picture. We'll explain that one of the things that happens is we look at the little picture. So... Now, let me add to the story. There were two trees in the center of the garden. There was a tree of good and evil. What was the other tree? Tree of life. Very good. 
And did he say, you can eat from every tree except for good and evil. So guess what tree they were eating from? The tree of life, which meant what? They would live forever. This is the big picture. So, as the story goes, if you look at it, Satan didn't really, you know, people going, oh, Satan lied to Eve. No, he didn't. There's a little trickery there. I'm going to highlight this over here. They're just going to make this a little bigger. And so what he says in Genesis he goes, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. I want you to know that's the truth. That is the truth. Because it goes on in Genesis, in, in verse 22, it says, and the Lord said, the man has now, the Lord is speaking to the Lord, Jesus, Holy Spirit. He said, the, the Lord's, the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Did Satan lie? No. He told him the truth. But Satan made, him, made Eve and Adam look at the little picture. And in the other part of this, it said, in, <clears throat> when God gave them the command not to eat, in verse 17, in verse 18, he made Eve. So guess what that means? He gave Adam the command. And then in the very next verse, he said he made Eve. So that's why when you don't see too much happening, when, Adam, when Eve took a bite, she went, this is pretty good, and went to hand it to Adam. Adam had the, point, the opportunity right then going, hey, Eve, remember that story I told you about God telling me before you came around? You know, be, you know stop ribbing me, okay? Um, I promised my wife no rabbit trails. Okay, that was a, see, that was a big one. I didn't go down it. All right. Adam at that moment said, wait a minute, you've forgotten. He gave me the command. No. Because when we eat from it, first the command is no. Because when we eat from it, it says our eyes will be open, we'll know good from evil, and certainly we'll die. But Eve said, no, I looked, it's good. I took a bite. Am I dead? Come on. And the devil said, little picture, certainly you won't die. She, took, she takes a bite. She didn't die. Little picture. So he disobeyed. And immediately, things started to change. And what I, what I found is that too often in the church today and in, in, in the faith today, People forget to be thankful. They see what God hasn't done for them. Little picture. Instead of the big picture. They start seeing what God has denied them. He's done this for that person and done that. And this person. And, then, and, they, start, and they stop being thankful for, for God said, I can eat of any tree. They stopped seeing the big picture. They said, you know what? I can eat, point to a tree, and I can eat. Just don't point to that one. That one I can't eat from. But point to a tree, and I can go over and take a bite of it. Is that not incredible? Every tree 
He didn't say these 12. He didn't say that pasture. He said, eat from whatever tree you want to. Just not that one because I got the big picture. Satan comes along and gives them a little picture. But it's good. It feels good. You'll know the difference. And as soon as when, when I or any of the staff here, someone start complaining. Well, you didn't do this. Or the church didn't do that. Or that person over there. Or my boss didn't do this. Saying, you've forgotten thankfulness. Take a look at Satan. Historically, it's like this. For when God spoke to himself, he said, let us make man in our image immediately. That Satan knew his image. You're making man in your image so that he can rule? What about me? You're in charge of all worship. You're an archangel. You, you, you are up there. It's even, it's even thought of that, that, that Lucifer had a higher position than Gabriel and Michael, the warring angels. But he took his eyes off his position and became jealous of man. Became jealous of man. Took his eyes off the big picture. Look what God has done. Wow. Well, the story goes on, and I've got two minutes to say it. We're going to get there. The man has now become like us. So here's where the sting comes. I'm just going to explain the story. The sting comes at this place that in order to understand, to, to eat of this fruit, this forbidden fruit, to understand good for, of evil... Eve and Adam take a bite in disobedience to discover all of a sudden, I have now no good and evil because I am evil. I've disobeyed to discover good and evil. Anything that comes, our bloodline from this moment on is going to walk in this bloodline that's walked in sin and deception and a lie. And that's when God came down and goes, who told you you were naked I did because I became self-conscious I I had my eyes opened because of evil so immediately the first discovery of mankind is you're evil there's good and there's evil and you discovered it with evil it's tainted Leviticus says the life is in the blood of something and also now death is in the blood because of sin. And any offspring they have from now on has death in them. So when she took a bite and he took a bite, immediately it was the first death. And there was a spiritual death because God cannot dwell amongst that that is evil or has sin on them. So there's a spiritual death from right then. And what happens is... Right after verse 22, verse 23, said the Lord said, goes, we have to kick him out of the garden. We can't dwell with them, but we got to kick him out of the garden because there's another tree in the garden. What's the other tree? Eternal life. We have to kick them out of the garden so that they may die again. A physical death. And you may, he's like, if God let them exist, in that 
man could never find its way back to redemption because God had a plan. He had a plan. You think, how evil it was for God to kick, kick them out of the garden. I got a plan. He wasn't being vindictive. I'm glad we got kicked out. I'm glad Adam and Eve got kicked out. If they not kicked out, we would not be here today in the place and the hope that we have for a future. Had they not died, I'm glad they died. I don't want to die. But I'm glad for that death. Because it was part of a plan. One that the enemy tried to, to mess up. What a sting. It's called a Machiavellian. Uh, it's a Machiavellian term. It said that the ends justifies the means. So what you end up with is going to justify how you got there. It didn't work for Eve. She had to be evil to have her eyes opened what's good and evil, never being able to be good. Wow, that's a high price to pay. And I want you to know that the ends justifies the means doesn't work for us either. A lot of people are going, well, it all worked out okay. You deceived, you lied, and you cheated to get here. That's wrong. That's going to catch up with you, as it did with Eve. She got what she wished. God's word was true. She's out of the garden. She and her husband have to die now. They've died spiritually, and now they're going to die physically. Wow. The bloodline has been tainted. So no one that they give birth to is without sin. Something has to come along that doesn't have that bloodline, but it's legally here. Remember those angels I mentioned that covered themselves? Who cry, holy, holy, holy is 